This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Pass the war quickly. Down to six seconds. Car going down again. And it's Quentin Williams this time for the Jets. And welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're your hosts, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. We're continuing with our head coaching candidate profile series, this time with Don Martindale, Ravens defensive coordinator, presumed by some to be the favorite for the job. Michael, what are your initial thoughts to Don Martindale as the next Jets head coach? Yeah, he definitely seems like one of those guys who could be one of the more likely candidates. And he hasn't gotten a lot of hype from Jets fans just because of being a defensive guy. And it seems like Jets fans are leaning towards that offensive side. But there's a lot to like about him. What he's done in Baltimore is really impressive. Seems like he has a lot of great leadership skills. So he definitely is a lot more likely. And I also think a lot more intriguing than a lot of fans give him credit for. Yeah, I think when I first heard him as a potential head coaching option, I was a little bit more weary you know, generally the offensive coach is a little bit more sexy and, you know, there's Eric Bieniemy, and we were talking about Arthur Smith, but I've definitely warmed up to Martindale, especially when you think of guys as, as a CEO type of candidate, obviously there's the connections to Joe Douglas, um, but let's just hop right into it. I mean, as we've done with all of these candidate profiles, we bring on somebody who knows a hell of a lot more than we do about these candidates. Ken McCusick, 1057, the fans film study analyst uh, covers the Ravens and, and he's kind enough to take some time out of his day to join us. Ken, how you doing, man? Life's good. How are you guys doing? You know, we're well. I mean, uh, it's it's always a fun time to be a Jets fan in the offseason because we get to imagine being a good team. And as you know, you cover a, a good team. So we, hopefully Joe Douglas can take us to that level. Um, but let's just hop into it immediately with, with Martindale's scheme. Ignoring his potential as a head coach, let's talk about him as a defensive coordinator. How would you describe his scheme and his philosophy as the Ravens defensive coordinator? Yeah, he's extremely good. And I... Uh, the Ravens have a, a, a great set of defensive coordinators to compare to over, over their history. And I think he's probably number two or number three right now uh, in terms of, of uh, the great ones. Rex Ryan, I think is probably number one and uh, Marvin Lewis, number two with uh, Martindale really close in there at number three. It's been a tremendous scheme guy in terms of the pass rush, marvelous manager of snaps. Does a tremendous job of keeping a defense well rested throughout a game. Uh, the scheme for pass rush thing, it's just at a different level with a coach like Martindale. Uh, he's got a blessed with a couple of outside linebackers who can really cover and their ability to drop the coverage has been the heart and soul of, of all the scheme the Ravens have played. They 
There's a lot of deception in the pass rush of three major types. They blitz a lot of players from off the line of scrimmage. They do run a lot of stunts, and they have the personnel to really do that with players like Wolf and Campbell leading the way there. And then they also have a lot of uh, simulated pressure where they drop two plus from the line of scrimmage when they show you six. So they, they do all sorts of things. Any of the 11 players can rush, uh, you know, really any of the nine if you, if you drop out the two outside corners. But just earlier this year in a game, you guys may or may not know, but the Ravens set the record with having five different defensive backs in the same game get a sack. So that gives you an idea of what kind of scheme level we're talking about. Yeah, and then you you mentioned the Ravens have a really good history with defensive coordinators, and Martindale's been there for a while. And before he took over, Dean Pease was running the defense in Baltimore. So who do you think are some of the coaches that he sort of takes after, or at least is similar to with his defensive approach? And do you think that his philosophy is something he'll take with him to his new team, or that he'll be more adaptive to uh, what the personnel of the team he goes to? He's extremely adaptive to personnel and to the game plan appropriate to the opponent. He doesn't, he doesn't play just once. The Ravens have been all over the board in terms of how they've adapted, in particular to quarterbacks who get the ball out quickly, quarterbacks who hold the ball a little longer. Uh, you know, the New York Giants played him in week 16, and he, they, they had zero pressures on 13 dropbacks in the first half. And in fact, 11 of those 13 dropbacks were ample time and space, meaning a three-second pocket was there. The second half, the Ravens turned it all on in terms of numbers, had 18 pressures in the second half really dominated that football game uh, defensively. So six sacks were included in that, uh, in that second half. But anyway, the, he's marvelous in-game changer and, and very much adapts to the quarterback uh, and, and what they present in terms of, a, of a, you know, an opponent. Yeah, Ken, and you've mentioned a trait specifically that Jets fans are all too familiar with, which is the ability to adjust, which is something that Adam Gase was – uh, it was not a strength of his. And I feel like as a head coach in this league, it's, it's a game of chess. It's just human chess and the best coaches are able to adjust. And when you mention a, a specific example of Martindale adjusting in game, that's promising for his ability to be a head coach. What are some of the other traits that I guess Don Martindale has, has displayed in his time as Ravens defensive coordinator that, that give you the confidence that he's ready to become a good coach and not just a, a, a good coach, but a, a very good coach in the league's top market in New York. He's, he's very much a player's coach, and I think he's similar to Ryan in that way, also similar to an, in, in terms of aggression. I know that was part of your question, Michael. I didn't really answer there, but, but he's most similar to Rex Ryan of the, of the previous Ravens, Ravens coordinators. Uh, you know, being a player's coach is good up to a point. He has to be able to be the disciplinarian who can do, as Casey Stengel said, and, you know, keep the 15 guys on the fence from siding with the five guys who hate your guts instead of the five guys who like you. Uh, he really needs to be, and that's baseball. Obviously, he's 25. We're talking football. It's different, but I, I understand that he's going to really need to show the ability to deal with a bad situation, which he really has not had happen in the obvious way in Baltimore. Now, could that be that he's hit it well? Sure, it could be. Could it be that Harbaugh got blamed for them and, and really had to be a disciplinarian? That could also be, and that's less of the positive trait that you'd like to see in a head coach. You'd like to see it be his choice he gets sent to the doghouse for whatever behavior is not working. And what do you think are probably some of the top concerns for him in terms of making that transition to head coach? For me, I think one of my biggest questions would be in terms of the production of his defense, because the Ravens just have so much talent, whether it's in the secondary up front, they have a lot of star players. So a two-part question, I guess, what are your top concerns for him in terms of becoming a head coach? And then in terms of his defense and their success, 
How much of a role do you think he plays compared to the talent that they have? I think he's done a tremendous job of leveraging the talent he has. So I, I, I give him a lot of credit there. Um, you know, the Ravens certainly have been blessed with stars. And more importantly, they got a quarterback on the rookie contract. So they spent hardly anything on the offense these last two years. And the offense has been very good and it's carried the team in a lot of ways. You don't like that kind of a thing to look at. They obviously wasted some money on Thomas, on Earl Thomas. Uh, but otherwise, they've spent their money pretty wisely. I think on defense, they've got a, a very expensive secondary that is also very good. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good way to do it. Uh, it's Patriots way of, you know, building, building back to front as it becomes more challenging and, and the resources uh, are more strained on defense. It'll be interesting to see what that means for Martindale. If they have to give up on the Calais Campbell or they have to let Matthew Judon go and, and who they have left after that uh, and, and what he can do with them. I, I'm um, I'd be pretty optimistic uh, that he can do things well. And I think you mentioned the connection with Douglas. I think that's one of the reasons why I think it's, it's more likely he ends up in New York than, than pretty much any other place. Yeah. How would you describe his, his coaching style? Do you think, because look from the owner to, to the GM, Joe Douglas, they've talked about, they want a CEO head coaching candidate. They've, they've learned from Rex Ryan to Tom Bowles to Adam Gase. And, and there's some similarities between Martindale and Ryan that you've talked about. Do you think he can be that CEO? Do you think he can do it? What Ryan wasn't really able to do in New York, which is not just focus on one side of the football, run the entire team, um, do you think he, he's capable of that? I think he's a smart guy. I don't know in terms of how he would be, as I say, a game manager, because it's, it's not something he's had to do so far. The game management component of defense that's, to, that's present in the NFL today is the necessary gambles that defensive coordinators have to take to get opponents off the field with four down football. Very difficult to do. Very difficult to get stops with four down football. And He's more, his gambling style assimilates better to that. But does that mean I really know that he can say when it's the right move to go for it on fourth and three or to go for a two point conversion down 14 with three minutes left? I, I just, I don't, I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced of how he'd be plugged into his analytics people to allow that to happen. I just, I'm not sure. And then another big aspect of being a head coach is player development. It's something the Jets have really struggled with, getting the most out of their young players. So who do you think are the players in Baltimore under Martindale that best exemplify his ability to develop young talent, get them to hit their ceilings, fit in with the culture they're building? So the young players who are the best examples of positive player development under Martindale. Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think that's what the first thing you want in your head coach is, is being able to know that they can handle the player development on defense at, at cornerback, they've had a very deep cornerback set, but they've still found snaps for some guys who've turned into players. Anthony Averett is just turning the corner now in year three. Looks like he'll be a, he'll be a good corner. Uh, Tyus Bowser in year four is turning it on now. They gave by Bowser opportunities, and a lot of his failure to step forward in his first two years was really Bowser-related rather than Martindale-related. I think they tried to get him on the field quicker. This year, the rookie, Justin Matabike, is getting – a snap assignment that is proportional to what he's shown on the field, which is really good. And, and uh, you know, Martindale said, go ahead and get rid of Thomas. So do the players, by the way, because we got Chuck Clark and he can, he can run our entire defense force. And Deshaun Elliott is the other young player who had to step up into a full-time year after two years of injuries. It takes some balls to be willing to take that kind of a gamble, get rid of a veteran player 
And I think Martindale had to have a fairly significant say in, in making that move. So I think if you looked at what young players have succeeded, I, I don't think you'd have any problem with what Martindale has done with the with his defense. By the way, that often goes with teams that play highly rotational football. So the Ravens do that, particularly in the defensive line, but they also have a lot of rotation in and out at linebacker where they, where they make exchanges there. And it just fits well that if you have specialists and you realize what all players can bring, it's kind of like you know, being Earl Weaver and managing your 25-man roster very well. You're getting something out of everybody. Yeah, I mean, that was something that I think Greg Williams tried to do in New York, but certainly wasn't able to do the development part that you've talked about with Martindale because the Jets have certainly gotten – plenty of top picks and, and just haven't been able to develop them on their roster. And that is certainly between that uh, and being a CEO and building a staff. Those are the three most important uh, aspects. When I look at Martindale as, as a prospective head coach for the jets, when we talk about that potential staff, I mean, there's been some rumors about Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator for Clemson. There's been some rumors about his defensive coordinator, maybe going back to Marvin Lewis what type of staff? I mean, if we're not going to go into specific names, you could if you want, but what type of staff do you think Martindale would, would try to assemble? Yeah, I, it's interesting because it, I, don't, I don't know where he would be in terms of what he wanted in a defensive coordinator. To me, that's the hardest decision for him to make. Does he want somebody who's like him? Does he want somebody who really challenges them and brings in new ideas and wants to run the defense his way? And if he does, can he live with that as the head coach? Uh, I, I really don't have a good idea on that. I suspect there are people on the Ravens that he try and bring with him. Uh, you know, that kind of worries me a little bit too. The, the guy on the back end, uh, you know, is a guy you, I think would be a, would be a coach that a lot of people would like to have. Uh, if you're, if you're going another and uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I think it's much more likely he's going to go for a guy with a pedigree, with a, um, a guy who has a, uh, a real plan in place and maybe some, some credentials as well to go with it uh, because he's not going to be as involved in that side of the football. I don't think you know, other than to you know, be the bad guy when the offensive coordinator needs him to be. Yeah. And I, I think one of the biggest things in terms of whenever you're scouting out a head coaching candidate, at least from our perspective is to look at some of the biggest games and moments or, or even just overall, like we talked about player development, uh, just individual things that kind of showcase that head coach potential. So, uh, and, and you mentioned actually uh, sort of hit on this question a little bit earlier with the adjustments he made in that one game in terms of his pass rushing approach. So what would you say is a particular game or maybe a player that he's developed uh, a particular example that showcases his potential to be a good head coach? I mean, He's, he's extremely innovative as a defensive coordinator. I don't know if that immediately translates to being a head coach because the responsibilities are obviously different. You know, he's, he has to be willing to do other things. But I would point to innovation on defense as something that could translate to other elements of the game, whether it means use of analytics or, or uh, you know, a really positive view of scouting and not trying to substitute his own judgment for other people within the organization, whoever those might be, the general manager, the you know, other coordinators, his, his position coaches, whatever. Uh, I, I think if I look at that, the thing, the, the number of different packages he's brought to the Ravens in the last three years have been remarkable. The Ravens never played a specific package. I'm going to mention in a second called, what I call race car. Other people call it the NASCAR package. Four outside linebackers on the field. Uh, they now play it with either one or zero defensive linemen. And, and can be one, one inside linebacker and either five or six defensive backs. That package has been remarkable in terms of its success. And you think, 
oh, they you can only play a gimmick package like that so much. Well, in 2018, they played it six times and had remarkable results. I don't know how they stopped playing it, but in 2019, they used the base 10.6% of the time. They used the race car dime and quarter packages 13.2% of the time. So you know, he's, he's very good about assimilating extreme packages like that and responding in extreme ways to what the opposing team is doing. And I think that's a positive thing that I would take. And I, I, I think he could maybe demand that out of his own people more. You know, so if, if an offensive coordinator, he's not going to be the, the offensive genius, I don't think that the offensive coordinator is, but hopefully he could demand that same sort of aggressiveness out of his OC. And you think that would be kind of his philosophy for his team, because a lot of defensive coaches, they get hired and they're focused. I mean, the Jets have seen this specifically with top bowls. They're focused on flipping the field position and, you know, ending the, the drive in a punt is fine. And they're really conservative on, on going for it on fourth down, but you're talking about Martindale. He's, he's a defensive guy and he's, he's maybe a little bit older, but he's clearly innovated innovative he's clearly aggressive do you think that would be the philosophy of a, of a Don Martindale coach team because we've never ha- seen him have to right. make an offensive decision and right. it's easy also to project it two ways I could project hey all that aggression should project positively on offense I could also say all that aggression means he trusts his defense he trusts his scheme and, and you know as a head coach he might trust what he sees out of the defense and not completely understand what he's getting terms of the offensive side of the ball so he might say you know let's just let's just play this game as a defensive game let's win it that way and, and that would be a step back in terms of of what he you want him to be aggressive on both sides of the ball right if you were don martindale's agent and you had to make a pitch to joe douglas and, and chris johnson or maybe even just jets fans on this podcast what would be your pitch to sell jets fans and, and the jets brass on don martindale as the next head coach of the new york jets yeah, they took over a situation in Baltimore that was a lot worse than it seemed in 2018, 2017. They just lost the game to the Cincinnati Bengals on fourth and 12. Uh, Dean Pease was well known for not, he, he did some good assimilation of game plan, but he, he really was never an aggressive coach of the type Ryan or Martindale are. And a lot of that, I think, really hurt that held the Ravens back did not like to play six and seven defensive backs on the field the way uh, you know Martindale does and, and Ryan did way back in the day so uh, you know that that was a, a little bit frustrating so he took over a situation where he had to kind of rebuild some things about the defense change some things about the way the defense was set up and I think you can look specifically at last year I think the greatest accomplishment was how that defense was rebuilt on the fly they effectively after four games they had no inside linebacker they trusted. They basically said, this is not good enough. We're going to change on the fly, bring in some veterans who know what they're doing. And they got Josh Bynes, LJ Fort, not big names. Guys have been in the, in the league for a number of years, really not played that much. Uh, Bynes had been a starter in Arizona, briefly in Baltimore as well. But they came back and they were outstanding and they were just the glue that the defense needed. In addition, they got an outside linebacker in Ward who really helped. Them. You know, they, they – figured on the fly that Chuck Clark was the guy to be the defensive signal caller. I think all of those adjustments that made the 2019 defense so great are what I'd point to in terms of successes to pitch Martindale as a coach. And I don't think that's a difficult pitch at all. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. And as we talked about at the beginning, I think the idea of Don Martindale being the head coach of the Jets has certainly grown on a lot of people. Um, and, And it'll be curious to see if they, I mean, they haven't even offered him an interview yet. I mean, he was the presumptive favorite, I guess, in, in our eyes. 
uh, going into January, but he hasn't gotten an interview yet. I would expect that to change. I think I agree with you. I think he'd be a tremendous candidate, at least to get an interview, get him in a room with Douglas and find out a lot of those questions that we had to speculate on. What would be his philosophy? What type of staff would he build? But certainly an intriguing candidate. Um, that question, though, can he can he take the transition from being a top tier defensive coordinator into a top tier head coach? Ken, we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to come on the podcast. Let our listeners know where they can find you. Thanks, guys. Uh, website I, I run is filmstudybaltimore.com, and we've got all sorts of Ravens content, very technical articles on the offense and defense go up every week. Some of the most technical podcasting you'll find is, is right there as well. Don Martindale, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think. Tweet us at CYJPod on Twitter. You can follow myself at Ben W. Blessington. You can follow Michael at Michael underscore Nania. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, JetsXFactor.com. Certainly an intriguing candidate, perhaps the favorite. We'll see if he gets in there. And it's Quentin Williams this time for the Jets. The middle in the air, picked off. Ryan Poole to the end zone, touchdown. Hunter the beat, and the punter brings him down. Brayton Mann saved a touchdown, most likely. Looks right, fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims.